If you've been listening to us for long, you know that we are high on high ticket sales. It gives your customers a far better experience. They are more invested in their success and get better, quicker results. High ticket is fantastic for you too because it frees up your time and supercharges your bottom line income. Okay, so you're convinced. You're picking up what we're putting down, but how do you sell high ticket? That's what we're going to show you today. This is the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast with tips, tools, and biblical truth to build your brand, business, or ministry. If you're a Christian speaker, writer, coach, or entrepreneur, this is the podcast you've been praying for. Get ready to increase your impact, income, and influence. Here are your hosts, the mother, her son, and his wife doing business, ministry, and life to shape the culture for Christ. Tamara Lowe, Zach Lowe, and Jillian Lowe. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast. We've got, I think, an excellent episode to dive into today. It is the secrets of high ticket sales. And uh, we could just really go in a bunch of different directions. I know that probably all our, our brains are are rearing and ready to go on some of these secrets because there's a lot we could get into. But Coach Tam, why don't you kick us off on what's your take on on high ticket sales and closing the deal and getting clients and having just an excellent, excellent process and skill set that is one of the most high value, high leverage skill sets that you can develop. Absolutely. Well, I, I want to get into all of that and we will today. We will talk about some of the skills and and um I badly I'd like to start with mindset, really. I would like to start with you as the high ticket coach, because I know that a lot of people, including all three of us, have struggled with the idea of feeling sort of worthy of of being a high ticket coach. And there is a confidence factor that is very, very much needed if you're going to sell high ticket. Now, I want to tell you a, a phrase that I, I sometimes use with authors and speakers. I'll say, if you can speak, you can speak. In other words, if you can speak on one topic, you can speak on pretty much any topic. If you can write, you can write. In other words, if you can write on one topic, you can write on any topic. And now, if you can sell, you can sell. So if you can sell Mary Kay Cosmetics or you can sell television sets, you can sell boats, you can sell high ticket luxury vehicles, you can sell RVs, you can sell real estate. If you can sell, you can sell. And so I think it's really important to, to upgrade our, our skill sets, our persuasion skill sets, even if you're not interested in high ticket coaching or selling something that's high ticket, Here's a good reason as a Christian to upgrade your your skill sets with regard to persuasion is because evangelism and soul winning is all about persuasion and he who wins souls is wise. So what does that make the person who's not winning souls? Kind of makes them unwise, doesn't it? So even if you're not interested in high ticket selling, I think it's very, very commendable to apply yourself to the study of sales and persuasion and the psychology of high ticket selling because it's going to benefit you in a lot of different areas. Now, Zach, I was just at this week an event with my friends Lance and Annabelle Wall now. And uh, while I was there, they said, oh, come back to the 
you know, green room or whatever the little cafe was where they were serving the speakers and VIP guests. And I thought that was very kind of them to invite me. But um, I met there a new friend. I met a new friend and she and her husband, who I also met, were um, newlyweds. And so we were talking and they said, what do you do? And I told them what I do. And I said, what do you do? And, and the husband said, well, by training, I'm an attorney, but I do what you do. I'm, I'm a coach and I'm a high ticket coach and I coach in the realm of real estate. And I said, oh, you know, I used to work with somebody that you might know of, Tom Hopkins. And he says, oh, of course, he's a legend. He said, actually, I worked with him too when I spoke at the Get Motivated seminars. And I said, I used to own the Get Motivated seminars. And he said, you're Tamara Lowe? And, and he says, um, you introduced me on the stage many times. And so, uh, but the reason I'm telling you this story is because this morning his wife texted me, Jen Jen, little Jen Jen texted me and she said, I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around the fact that you're a very successful high power coach because you seem so down to earth and so on. She says, but my husband says, that you're one of the best coaches there is in the whole world. And I texted back and I said, well, your husband is not wrong about that. <laughs> and the reason I share that with you, and I said it jokingly, but but honestly, I know that we are excellent coaches because of one thing. And that one thing is the results that our clients get. So when you're selling high ticket, it's really important for you to craft an offer that is a high value offer that is is legitimately going to be worth the money, more than worth the money. Actually, the best offer is a bargain. It's a bargain for your client that they're getting so much more than what they're paying, right? So because we've created thousands of best-selling authors and so many high-ticket coaches and so many big stage speakers. We're getting results for our client. So that increases our confidence about who we are. Now, I want to read you a, a quick scripture here. This is from Romans 12, 6. And Paul says this about the spiritual gift of prophecy. He says, having gifts that differ greatly according to the grace given to us. So we all have spiritual gifts. And then he says, let us use them in proportion to our faith. Let us use them in proportion to our faith. Now, how does that relate to selling high ticket? If you're going to sell high ticket, you have to have the faith to be able to sell high ticket. And usually that starts with having some experience in low ticket and mid ticket. And you kind of grow because if you if you try to prophesy outside of your faith, you're going to feel very uncomfortable and unsure of, of yourself. If you try to sell high ticket outside of your of your faith, of your comfort zone, of your level of confidence, it's going to show in the way that that you express yourself to potential clients. So I would say that that if you have experience and you're getting results for people in their relationship and their in their health and their business and their finances, you have some experience that is a high value experience. People want to learn from you because you know something that they don't know in an arena that is really going to make a significant difference for them. Then you can be more confident because you have experience. You've gotten results for people. So I, I like to push my boundaries a little bit. I like to push myself 
outside of my comfort zone. I've gotten really comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I think that when you're moving into this arena of high ticket sales, that you have to kind of take that mindset on is that, no, I'm not going to sell everybody that I talk to, but I'm going to get better and better every time that I talk to somebody. I'm going to get more and more confident. And you know what? I'm going to push my prices. My prices are going to go up as I get more experience and confidence as well. So that's some things that I wanted to just start with a little mindset piece. Yeah, I love that. I love that that you started there because I, when we talk about like secrets of high ticket sales, there's so many you know tactical things, strategic things uh, that are really skills. You know, skills to be developed in the the sales space. But I love that we're starting kind of more at the foundation because there's things that are actually more important than your sales skills. There's more th- things that are more important than your sales ability. For example, one of those things is kind of what you're saying, Coach Tam, of having such a great offer. You know that if you have a like a, a no-brainer offer, an offer that's so strong, you don't have to be a skilled salesperson. You know, the worse your offer is, the better you have to be at sales. Yeah. And the better your offer is, the less important sales skills become. Also, you know, before we get to skills, which I, I think we'll get to in this episode, some specific skills in sales, is a, a lot of what you hit on with faith and belief. That is probably like the ultimate edge in a, as, a, as a salesperson is to have like a true believer mindset. You know, like there's a reason, reason it's called being a product evangelist, right? It's because that like true believer evangelist and that comes from an experience you know that comes from our own experience you know when we get saved and we receive jesus and the holy spirit and it changes our lives and we have that experience we become an evangelist of that experience and we want to share it with others when i first discovered uber instead of taxis i was a product evangelist for uber i thought this is like the greatest like little app ever uber eats is amazing chipotle like become become product evangelists of the things that we really believe in and for you as a you know high ticket coach right and a high ticket for anybody that's not not totally clear on that we're selling something that's like at least a thousand bucks right so high ticket high price high value a thousand dollars and more you've got to be a true believer and it doesn't come from like pride or arrogance or, you know, just like such like self-assurance that I'm so amazing, but it comes from your experience. You know, whatever you're coaching people on, it's it's something that you experienced, right? And it's maybe just some shifts that happened in your life, whether that was a mindset shift, whether it was letting go of something, whether it was creating some new habits or creating a new routine or a new regiment or getting equipped with a new skill set right? Those are all things that we experienced and changed our lives. And now what we need to really wrap our minds around in order to be an effective salesperson is that that experience is what we're selling. You know, we're not necessarily even selling our services or our our expertise, but it's that experience that we had that brought us so much value, that brought us so much joy, that brought us so much opportunity. That's what we have to give to others. So when you're thinking about like your program, your product, your service, it shouldn't be about, you know, how great you are, how great your product is, but how great the experience that your client will have and how great 
of a transformation that your client will have in that area of their life. And if you can just be a true believer in that and you can be enthusiastic about that and you can be an evangelist about that experience that your people will have, that's going to just like swing wide open the door because you don't need to be pushy. You don't need to be strategic. You just need to be enthusiastic. You just need to have like high conviction in that like if you allow this change to happen in your life, it's going to be one of the best things that ever happened to you. And I don't care if it's with me, if it's through my process, it's through someone else's process, but you need to have this experience. You need to have this transformation. And if you can just be a true believer in that and have the faith and the the evangelistic mindset, that's going to make you a better salesperson than any skill or tactic will. Yeah, for sure. I like to watch Bunny when when we're speaking, I always see she's looking up, her wheels are turning. What are you thinking, Bun Bun? Because she's a great salesperson. She ran our sales yeah. team for a long time. Had sales rallies. Mm-hmm. What, what, what do you think, honey? Well, okay. So this is what I was thinking, listening to Coach Tam and listening to Coach Zach. A couple of things. You know, something that Annabelle Wallnow talks about a lot is congruency. And she talks about the value and how important it is that the insides and the outsides need to be congruent. And I was thinking about, you know, if your offer and your perceived value and your confidence are all congruent, if all of those things match, the inside and the outside matches, That's going to be a game changer because if you cannot attach the high level of perceived value of yourself, of your experience, where you're at, you know, I was thinking when I go into a fine jewelry store, Bunny, or if I walk into a department store that is, you know, maybe higher end or I go to a car dealership, maybe they're selling luxury type cars in that category. Do you know that none of them look nervous about the price? Like none of the none of them look concerned about the fact that the jacket or the ring is pricey. No one's going, well, no one's dancing around it. No one's acting awkward. No one's trying to cover price tags. No one flinches. If I go, um, could you tell me how how much is that ring? And when they say, oh, it's $2,100. Do you know they say it with a smile on their face? Do you know they say it calmly? And do you know that that makes me feel more calm? I actually, if they were like, um, well, here's the thing. It's, it's actually $2,100. I mean, it's amazing to me how confidence or the lack thereof is contagious. So I would just make sure that, you know, there is going to come a point in time when, you know, it's like I was thinking about my favorite cookie. Okay, my favorite cookie is a royal cookie. It's called the royal cookie and it's it's made by the chefs at Nordstrom. And they've been making this cookie for about 17 years. And the cookie's kind of pricey. Okay, it's I think about what it must cost to make a cookie. All right. It's 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 like cents. It's not a lot of money. But I am just telling you that there was a point in time, I am sure, when Nordstrom said, everyone wants this cookie. Like, this cookie is so good. Everyone wants this cookie. They like they keep bringing it back. They told me recently, I went to buy it last week, Bunny, and they said, 
oh, we don't have that cookie anymore. And they said, did you know you're the 10th customer today to ask for that cookie? And the manager starts messaging the the chef bloopity bloop and says, people want the cookie. You got to bring this cookie back. And I've I've been getting that cookie for 15 years. I'll come all the way here and drink 20 minutes just to get the cookie. And the cookie is expensive. But I am just telling you, there was a point in time when maybe that cookie was a dollar. And then they're like, well, let's see if we can sell it for $2 because this cookie is better than all the other cookies. Why shouldn't its perceived value match the value of the people wanting to buy it, supply and demand. And the price for the cookie went up and up and up. And now I think the cookie is like six or seven dollars. And do you know I gladly pay it? I gladly pay their six or seven dollars for the cookie because the cookie's better than all the other cookies. And the experience and the quality and the taste of the cookie is worth it. And you, my friends, are yummy cookies. You are precious cookies to the Lord. You are precious cookies in the kingdom. And your cookies are worth it too. So when you put love into baking your cookies and you put all the right ingredients into making your cookies, you know what you should do? You should proudly sell your cookie for what it's worth. And when someone asks how much your cookie is, smile and you say, it's $6.25. And you don't shy away from it. For $6,000. Well, if your cookie is sick. Yes, yes. We're not selling $6 cookies. <laughs> I love that. Brilliant analogy everybody says in the chat. I don't think I've ever heard cookie mentioned so many times on a podcast. Beyond <laughs> the I will give you a couple more sweet tips if I can. I and um, I, One thing you don't want to do when you're selling high ticket is you don't want to wing it. And part of the reason that you don't want to wing it is because you want to have a methodology or a script, if you will, that is duplicatable and repeatable. And I will will say that that is true for anything in business. Anything that you're going to do in business, you want it to be duplicatable and repeatable. For instance, if you are producing a live event, and I think a lot of ministers kind of get rope-a-doped into this trap of of doing something different, writing something different. I got to keep doing different things, different things, different things. But if you will get really good at doing the same thing, you're going to get better results for people. Um, and and so you don't want to wing it when you're when you're talking to people. And and just as an aside, you do have to talk to people to sell high ticket. Okay, so you can't sell high ticket by sending out an email or by printing some flyers or by putting up a website and think that you put together this beautiful offer. I don't really want to talk to anybody. No, you have to talk to them. You have to talk to them because in in high ticket sales, it's a relationship transaction. So they have to trust you. They have to know that you know more than they do, specifically in an area where they are weak and where they lack skill. Okay. So along that line, another thing that you need to do when you're selling high ticket is you need to do what I call pound the pain. You need to make them aware of the pain and make them aware of the consequence of not taking action. When you're talking to a prospective client, you need to to really listen to them and you need to empathize, but then you need to challenge them a little bit too. And you need to say, so if this doesn't change, okay, if your situation doesn't change or doesn't improve or you do not learn how to conquer this problem in the future what is it going to look like what is it going to look like 
two years, five years, 10 years down the line, do you think that the situation will improve on its own? Do you think that the situation will get better? Do you think that it'll get worse? What what is it going to look like in two, three, five, ten years if you don't take action? Let's just future cast it a little, little bit. Let's let's play that out, right? So now we're making them aware of the cost of not taking action. And that's really, really important. And the, the thing is, is that when you're talking to people in this realm of high ticket, it's better for them and for you if they draw their own conclusion that you're asking them, you tell me, you tell me if the situation in your marriage is not fixed. If you continue to have conflict and it continues to escalate, where does that end up if you don't take care of the situation? Can I just ask you, John, right now you're you're 55 pounds overweight and you've struggled to maintain just being 55 pounds overweight. Hey, if we don't conquer this thing, what's that going to look like? What's that going to look like? And and you want to show show empathy and concern when you ask that question. You're not being judgmental. You're you're just challenging them to get real about their own situation. So, pounding the pain is a really important part of that and uh, Zach, I see your wheels turning. I have some more thoughts, but I'm going to pass the mic to you. Yeah, I think that's that's just such an important point. So, you know, we've talked about a number of of secrets of high ticket sales from belief and having a strong offer and value. And, and this point of pain is such an important one. And I think that people get a little, you know, squeamish, squirmish around pounding the pain because it's like, oh, well, I don't want to hurt anybody, right? Nobody wants feel bad. Nobody wants to make somebody feel bad. But the reality is, is that we're not causing the pain. We're just revealing it. We're just exposing it, right? The pain right. is is already there. And what we're doing is we're actually, it's almost like a profit, you know, giving you a little look into the future, like a, a little, like, let's just think this thing through. Let's play this thing out. Like you're saying, Coach Tam. And the purpose of a of a sales interaction is to move people to action. You know, it's it's to move people to a place of decision, to making a choice. And I had a I had a coach when I was in the the financial services space. I I was selling insurance and things for a season, and he said, "No pain, no sale." That's like the reality. Like that's the cold hard fact. No pain, no sale. Because if somebody's not in a place of of like recognition of the issue that's at hand, it's easy to just say, "Let me kick that can down the road." You know, like, okay, yeah, like I'm overweight, but I'm I'm breathing. I'm okay. I'm getting by. Versus, you know, if we really play this thing out and we really start to experience, you know, in our in our mind's eye view, what's gonna be the after effects of this path that I'm on, we start to recognize it. So again, we're not creating pain. We're just allowing people to see the pain that's that's already there or that's coming and allowed them to make the decision for themselves. You know, at the end of the conversation, they have the like ultimate authority in what they do. But I think you do have a, like similar to, I say, you've got a moral obligation just to have a high ticket offer. I think you've got a moral obligation to press into the pain, to allow people to see what the results of their actions are, what the future of this path looks like. If you don't give them the opportunity to see that, if you don't press into the pain, and move them to a place of, okay, I am now 
you know, grappling with the facts, I have to make a decision. I think they they you're letting them off the hook and making the best decision for themselves. So I think that um, point on pain is is especially good. I've got a, another one to dive into, but I'll let you keep going, Coach Tam or Honey. You can jump in anytime. All right. Well, I, I started off a little bit earlier saying that that don't wing it. So, for instance, we give our clients a script that they can follow word for word. They plug in their their own specialties and their own their own program, what they're going to offer their transformations. But ninety seven percent of the script is written for them. So we want it to be duplicatable and repeatable because if you say something and it gets a good reaction with somebody who's a potential client, more than likely it's going to have the same effect on somebody else in that demographic, right? So we want you to to be able to have um, a roadmap to use when you're talking to people. And part of that is going to be objections. And a lot of people are scared of objections. They're like, oh gosh, what if they say they have to talk to their husband or wife? Or what if they say they can't afford it? Or what if they say they don't have the time to do it? And and well, hey, look, at least you're identifying the things that will be potential objections. How are you going to handle that? So for instance, in our inner circle group, we have a four-module program called Pitch Perfect, where we spend one whole module just stealing on objections, because the objections will generally fall into maybe about five to eight categories. It's going to be time. It's going to be money. It's going to be that they don't perceive the value of it. It's going to be they want to know that their partner, their business partner is on board, their spouse is on board. Do, Do we have the budget for it? There's answers to all of those. All of those have answers that work really well. And if you will just learn and apply objection handling, you'll you'll be able to dismantle that because most of the time, and I'll tell you one thing that somebody posted recently in our Facebook group was, how do I find high ticket clients? Because the people that I'm talking to are telling me that they're broke and they don't have the money. Can I tell you? Buyers are liars. They are. Most of the time when they say they don't have the money, that's not the real objection. The real objection may be they don't see the value. You're not communicating the value appropriately to them because if they see the value, they'll find the money. It's like the pearl of great price, right? The merchant finds this pearl in a field and then he goes and he sells everything he has so he can buy this field and he can get the pearl. He didn't sell everything that he had until he saw the pearl. But once they see the pearl, once they see the value of the transformation that you're able to get for them, they'll find the money. We've had people come into our inner circle program. And can I tell you that most of our inner circle students came in at a discount. So they came in under the $10,000 mark. Okay. But it's still, it's still a price tag on it. Right. But I never told anybody, hey, you should call your sister and ask her to give you a loan, or you should put this on a credit card, or you should sell that second car that you have, or you should sell some jewelry or some guns, or you should cash out your 401k. But can I tell you, I've had all kinds of students tell me that they did those very things because they saw the value and what we were doing, and they're going to find a way to get the money. If it's not hanging around in a bank account, just sitting there gathering dust, 
they're going to figure out a way. We've had people drive Uber, drive Instacart, take take other jobs to get into the program, to be able to afford the tuition for the program. So most of the time when they say it's too much money, that's not really what they're saying. What they're really saying is, I don't have, I don't see the value in what you're offering. They're saying, I wonder if I can get a better price if I try and negotiate and say it's too much money or I don't have the money because it's worked in the past before with other things. If I've said, oh, do you have any wiggle room in your price? Then people cave on the price. So they're testing you. That's a little bluff to see if you're going to come down on your price, right? But don't be afraid of objections. Just learn how to handle them with confidence and effectively. Because really, when when people don't give an objection, when they say, hey, it was it was great talking with you. Thanks for spending the time with me. Not interested. That's when they're really not interested. Okay. But if they give you an objection, that's just them saying, tell me more why this is going to be beneficial to me. An objection is actually a good thing. It's a sign that they're really interested. Yeah, I want to I want to just touch on on that point about buyers or liars and, you know, I can't afford it and stuff like that. Again, getting back to the the fundamentals, the foundations of the issue is is kind of on your offer, but it's also how you present it and it's also how much you push into the pain. That those things, if you do them correctly, your offer becomes a need to have instead of a nice to have. And if it's a need to have a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, five thousand dollars is not too expensive for actually most people. You know, for example, most people have a car and a car costs 10 times that. And they see a car as a need to have. I need to have a car. So I'm going to spend 10, 20, 30, $40,000 on a car. If they see what you have to offer and the experience that you could bring into their life as a need to have, suddenly $2,000, $3,000, is not too expensive because it's like, I, I need it, right? Like people don't say, well, I'm not going to get a car because it's too expensive. Like, no, you kind of need to have it. So if you have a car, you can probably find a way to swing a $2,000 offer if it's a need to have instead of a nice to have. And that comes comes back to, you know, what is your offer? How much do you believe in the experience? And and how good of a job do you do in that conversation of pressing into the pain of like, wow, I really need to do this. I really need to do something versus it'd be nice to do something. We're getting we're getting here to the the end of our podcast, but I want to just uh tie it together with with one thing. Cause we talked about, you know, beliefs. Like we got to start with beliefs and we got to have a great offer. And at the end of the day, we've got the skills around pain, around objections, uh, around rapport, which which we didn't even get into. All of those skills can be wrapped up into a system, into a strategy or a script or a process. And I, I see that as more fundamental, as more foundational. And I'll give you give you two examples. Coach Tam, you gave the example of um, you know the strategy session script that we give to our clients. Very same exact situation uh, when I first started selling Cutco knives. That was my first, you know, sales sales job. Was uh, transitioning from high school to college. I sold Cutco knives, and those are, you know, expensive cutlery. It was a high ticket, you know, one thousand to four thousand dollar set of knives. And the reason that I probably did 60, 60 appointments that summer, I probably sold fifty seven. On, on 57 out of 60 of them. And it wasn't because I was such a brilliant salesperson. It's because the product was great. I really believed in the product and there was a great process. And you know what? On my first five 
sales calls, basically, you know, door to door sales pitches. I said, Hey, I'm just starting this. I've got a workbook. Do you mind if I just kind of like work through the workbook with you or like the manual, the sales manual, you know, the sales script? Do you mind if I just open it up on the table and kind of just walk through it with you? I'm not just on my first few here. And all of those people bought, all of those people loved it because the process was so step by step. You know, the process was so step by step. I didn't have to be super skilled. I didn't have to you know, know all the tricks and know all the answers. I just followed the process. You know, if you've got a good, a good experience to give somebody, you got good belief in it. You got a good process. It's great to develop the skills and that's what's going to happen is they'll develop. You know, you can't perfect something in the lab. You've really got to take it out to the world. So if you're trying to like, oh, I got to get, you know, my product perfect. I got to get my skills perfect. No, you don't, you know, find an experience that was powerful to you that you would like to share with somebody else. Believe in it. Find a good process to package it, to promote it, to sell it, to deliver it. And then just go start doing it. You know, it it's just we gotta just get some of those foundational things right. And it'll make the sales skills and the sales conversation so like kind of almost immaterial. Right. Because if you got a great product or a great experience that you really believe in and you got a great process, you could be the least skilled salesperson on the planet and still close half your half your appointments. You know, like that's just the reality of getting the the foundations and the fundamentals right. So, honey, I'll leave you with the the last word because you always just say things so well. Uh, and then we'll probably come back to this topic on on sales, on um, high ticket secrets because it's a, it is an important skill set, but I think it was important for us to spend most of our time today on you know the big blocks at the bottom. That if we can get that foundation right, all the little you know tips and tricks and secrets that we could give you are just the sprinkles on top. You know because you've got the the goods underneath that's going to make it work 90 percent of the time compared to focusing on the sprinkles and the skills. You know, I was just going to say is something that. I hope you look forward to as you move into high ticket coaching is the type of client that you will have. You know, I don't know. I was trying to think, Coach Tam, how how to say this in a pleasant kind of way that is not offensive. But can I just tell you something I've observed? Let it rip, girl. Do it. I know people who love a good coupon. Okay. And and they they have oh, I was so hoping this would just come right out. It they love a good coupon. Okay. Now I think I, I think a great coupon is great. I, I do. I have seen people go into a store where something is discounted. It's heavily discounted already. And then with a coupon, you get extra off, an extra percentage or, or whatever. And they'll they'll come in with their coupons, but I've got the coupon and they're trying to haggle it down. And it's just kind of this feeling of like, ugh. And what I mean by ugh is that when you are engaging with clients that don't see the value in you, they don't see the value in what you have to offer. They don't even value their own pain enough to see the value in what you're offering. You have a problem and you'll have problem clients. Clients, that, quite frankly, 
They're a pain in the bum. They really are. They're going to send you 27 emails about, I didn't get this. And where's my third? Do you have a third bonus? And it's kind of what Coach Tam talks about in that if it's for free, it's for me. But did you know that interestingly enough, now this is not the rule of thumb 100% of the time, but more often than not, a higher ticket coaching client is easier to deal with. Yes, ma'am. They are not nitpicking every little thing. They're like, okay, here's my card. Okay, thanks. Great. I'm going to see you next week. You got it. They're doing their homework. They show up. They participate. They're not nagging, griping, complaining, questioning, devaluing. They're not showing up, you know, in the in a funk. So I just want to encourage you that if you are looking to be motivated to high ticket coaching, just know, and I'm not saying it's rule of thumb because you can also have clients in a in a very entry level coaching program that are amazing, salt to the earth, and, and they're just a tremendous blessing. I just want to encourage you, though, that there is something interesting, a shift that happens when you move into high ticket, that the type of client typically that you have they are not going to be wearing you down and wearing you out and wearing you thin. And so I just want to encourage you to show up that way too. Show up like you are coaching high ticket until you do. Show up that way. Show up because do you know for the clients that you currently have, you're coaching them up. We need to show up for our clients the way we want them to show up for us. And until you get to that high ticket price in your coaching program, still act like a high ticket coach. Yeah, I love it. Coupon clients are are not good clients. <laughs> That's such a such a great point. Um, so we'll wrap there. We love you guys. Bless you guys. See you next week on the KBA podcast. Bye, everyone. Hi, this is Tamara Lowe, founder of Kingdom Builders Academy, here with a free gift for you, our loyal podcast listener. We're giving away free copies of my newest book, On Purpose, How to Find, Fund, and Fulfill Your Purpose. You can download your free copy right now at onpurposebook.com. That's www.onpurposebook.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast today. Join us again for our next exciting episode.